So you who are home folk know that we, for the most part, walk our way through the Scriptures. That's how we roll here in the Shire, all right? Can you tell I just watched Lord of the Rings in the last few days? Jamie got on a kick, so we've been about eight or nine nights trying to get through three seven-and-a-half-hour movies. Okay, so... Yes, but that's how we roll. We get, we, get the, we get the Scripture and we go with it. And God is always on time. We may not be at the Christmas story on Christmas, but He's always on time. We may not be at the cross on Easter, but He's always on time. And I am just amazed by that. Alright? I don't, I don't know that I've ever heard some of the passages this morning I'm going to talk about preached on. Alright? I even said to Tim, hey, you know, have you heard these? He's, not, he's like, I haven't preached for 20 years. I'm not sure I've touched them. Alright? So there's some stuff in here that's like, man, what? So, today is not going to be as much preachy as it is teachy, alright? I always get notes sometimes when I do these type of messages because people are like, hey, thanks for all the teaching today because they just, they just wanted to sit and listen, you know, take in the Word. And sometimes people are ready to get a little fired up. Other times people want encouragement. Well, this is a teaching day, but I think you're going to find all of the above in there. You're going to find challenge. You're going to find encouragement. You're going to find some conviction, and you're going to find some calling, all right? This is up-in-your-face stuff today, but it does all flow together from beginning to end. So let's start, and we're going to start, pardon the pun, with a fire. Luke chapter 12, verse 48, 49, sorry. I have come to bring fire on the earth. I wish it were already kindled. Now, this is Jesus talking. <laughs> He's like, oh, you're, my eye is on the sparrow. Do not be anxious about anything. I love you. You don't have to worry. He's got the whole world in his hands. And then, I have come to bring fire on the earth. And how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo. And what constant I am under, until, a constraint I am under, until it is completed. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No! I tell you, but division. Anybody confused? Prince of Peace, Mighty God, I have come that you might have life. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Jesus, in the middle of a fiery sermon, do you think I came to bring peace? No! I tell you, but division. Me too. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other. Three against two, two Against three, they will be divided. Father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law. That one's not, not, not nobody's surprised there. Daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. So we're like, finally, something we understand. <laughs> he said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say, it's going to rain. And it does. And when the south wind blows, you say, it's going to be hot. And it is. Hypocrites! You know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky? How is it you don't know how to interpret the present time? 
Why don't you judge for yourselves? Translated, can't y'all figure it out? As you are going with your adversary to the magistrate. Okay, this stuff's just getting weird now. Fire, rain, clouds, mother-in-laws, magistrates. Try hard to be reconciled on the way. Or your adversary may drag you off to the judge and the judge turn you over to the officer and the officer throw you in prison. This is fun stuff. I tell you, you won't get out until you've paid the last penny. Hey, you're going to jail and you're going to stay there because you broke. Now there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifice. And Jesus said, do you think these Galileans were worse sinners than all of you? Basically is what he says. You think they're the bad guys and you're the good guys? I tell you no. Unless you repent, you're going to die too. Jesus, could, could we just listen some more, please? Tell us more about all the good news. Or those 18 people who died, and he does. Or those 18 people who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them. Do you think they were more guilty? I tell you no. But unless you repent, you're going to die too. Hooray! Then he told this parable, one of the most fun in all of scriptures. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard. And he went to look for fruit on it. Vineyard. Place where you grow grapes. I don't know why it's not called a grapeyard, but, you know, nonetheless. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look, and it had no fruit on it. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on the fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Church. Cut it down. It does not have any fruit on it, cut it down, why should it use up the soil? Oh, why should I let it in my fridge? Why should I waste any more time? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year. I'll dig around it. I'll fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then let's cut it down. And all the fun things. What does one thing have to do with the other? How does all of this work? It works to teach us something that some people, some people put all of their ministry eggs in this basket. They don't preach from this passage. They pull and choose what they want to from this passage and they stand on corners and they hold up signs and say, repent or you're going to hell. You awful homosexuals. You awful people who've been through abortions. You awful divorcees. You liars. You brutal vipers. Everybody's going to hell. Turn or burn. Not helping. Alright? Not helping. At the same time, Jesus is so sweet. I just love that they're Jesus. And if I get Him... Everything's going to be okay. He's got the whole world in his hands. And oh, we just will love him and cuddle him and call him George. Right from Bugs Bunny? <laughs> I got the little Martian. And I love him and cuddle him and call him George. 
of y'all got a George Jesus, I'm telling you. I pull him out when I need him. I don't have any money today, I'll ask Jesus. I'm sick, I'll pray to Jesus. And you don't, don't think for a minute Jesus is not up there looking, oh, Jesse's calling, where have you been? You must be sick. <laughs> you must need something. I'll be up here waiting on you every day. Anybody got friends like that? You never hear from them, never hear from them, never hear from them, call when you need them? Do you want to be that kind of friend of Jesus? I don't preach. Let's get one thing straight. You need Jesus to be both. Say it again for the people in the back. You need Jesus to be both. A merciful God who is 100% mercy cannot be just. A just God who is 100% justice cannot be merciful. We have a God who by His own power and beyond our understanding, just like He is 100% man and 100% God, He is 100% merciful, but 100% just. He must do the will of the Father. And with that understanding, He came to bring fire. This is judgment. I will burn away the evil. I will scrape the dross, purify the silver by fire. There will be those who know me and there will be those who will not. There was a criminal on the cross who did not make it and a criminal on the cross who did. There is a way that is narrow. There is a way that is broad. There are wheat and there are tares. There are sheep and there are goats. It should not come as a surprise that God does allow people to choose heaven, but He also allows them to choose hell. Well, nobody would ever choose hell. Well, church, that's the opposite of choosing heaven. Let me put it another way. If you do not choose heaven, you chose hell. I did not. I didn't choose. You chose hell. You just didn't go jump in. He had to dip you off the top and put you in. I have come to bring fire on the earth. Oh, how I wish it were already kindled. Jesus longs to see the culmination of everything that He has worked for from the beginning. When the earth began and man ran, their hearts broke. Break my hearts for what breaks yours. When He was sent to chase us down and to bring us home, they longed for people to come. But every time Jesus begins to work, evil begins to happen. And that breaks Jesus' heart too. When loss comes, Jesus' heart breaks. When hopelessness reigns, Jesus' heart breaks. When anxiety overcomes, Jesus' heart breaks. He wants us to be refined and pure. He who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it. God is longing to see the culmination of the glory of God. And the glorious achievement of God is making the sinner saints, making the old new, bringing the dead to life. And we all deserve to die. But He is full of grace and mercy. And He will undergo a baptism and what constraint I am under until it is completed. You see, Jesus underwent a transformation. God 
made flesh. God made flesh. And He must be buried in order to be raised to life. And He is he, he can see yesterday, today, and forever. So He knows the evil, the pain that is coming. He can already feel the sweat filled with blood on His brow. He can already hear from His own lips, Father, let this cup pass from Me. He can already hear, My God, My God, why have You forsaken Me? His heart is broken because for a moment He will have to watch His Daddy turn His back on His Son and allow Him to die, an eternal being, gone. But Sunday's coming. Hmm? The stone will be rolled. The dead in Christ will rise. So what is think I came to bring peace? No, I tell you but division. Why does it say this? Because we don't see peace the same way God does. And we don't see division the same way God does. We see peace as the opposite of war. And it is. But that is, what, that is not what God means when He says, Shalom, peace be with. You think I've come to make every little thing all right. You have a, why can't we all just get along in Christianity? But the bottom line is, when the gospel is preached, when the truth is spoken, a battle actually begins. And every one of you knows what I'm talking about. Because inside you, there is a choice that must be made. God is my co-pilot or He's my pilot. God is my friend or He's my Lord. God is my Savior or He's just a nice dude. But when the truth comes in, a battle begins in your heart for the things that your flesh longs for. Sexuality satisfaction, hedonistic tendencies, and the things that God calls true. When you go out into the world and say, you cannot do this, and the world longs for it and lives in it and is existing through it, and it satisfies something that is so short-term, a battle begins for what real truth is. And Jesus says, I did not come to bring peace but divide, when the truth is spoken, there will be sides. And when there are sides, there is division. Truth breeds division. Why? Because a natural man does not understand the things of the Spirit. They are foolishness to him, for he is not spiritually appraised. You and I both know, the minute you begin to stand for the Lord, there will be opposition. And where there is opposition, there is division. This is what Jesus knew he had to come and bring, and he knew we would not understand. And he knew it wouldn't just happen in the world, it wouldn't just happen in politics, it wouldn't just happen in churches, it would go all the way down to families. 
mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, dealing with their sin. When you sit down and you confront someone, it is not about Craig and Nicole. It is not about Craig and Kendi. It is not about Craig and Chris. It's not. It's about Jesus and the powers of darkness. As simple as that. And when the flesh meets the cross, there is division. But we act like we can't see it. They would have known exactly what Jesus was talking about here. You see, Palestine, all right, it was, it was off to the east of the Mediterranean Sea. So when they would look west and see a, a cloud rising in the west, it's like us when you're out boating on the lake, Cumberland, Harrington, wherever, and you see the storm front. You know it's going to rain, all right? When they saw clouds in the west, they knew that those clouds were coming off of the sea, and in the next 24 hours, it's going to rain. But the desert, all right, was below them. So when the south winds changed direction and blew up from the south, the winds would blow across the desert and bring heat. So when the winds were blowing from this way, it's going to get hot. When the clouds come from that way, it's going to rain. You are, you are literally reading the signs that nature tells you. Why can't you do that with your faith? I have told you exactly who I am. You need more signs. I have showed you exactly what I can do. You need more signs. I have written out for you exactly how things would go down. And you make up your own rules. I have told you exactly how to get to heaven. And because you want Johnny to go, and Sissy to go, and Marty to go, and Heather to go. Well, God loves good people, and He's a righteous God, and grace does prevail, and it doesn't. Hypocrites! Read the signs you want to read that work for you and tell you what you need to hear and ignore the signs of God and get your Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, Presbyterian, all the religious folks thrown in there arguing about what they think is right. And Jesus says, I told you. Why don't you stand here? Any wonder God wants the fire to come on? At least when the fire comes on, the separation will be obvious. He longs for the glory to present itself. <laughs> you know what this is? This, this strange verse, you know what this is? This is, y'all haven't figured out you're guilty yet. Okay? If you steal $500,000, okay? You know you stole $500,000. The lawyers know you stole $500,000. The judge knows you stole $500,000. You have a couple of options, all right? An insurance company is at fault for something that they did. A doctor is at fault for something that they did. You do not want to go to court, have court say you're guilty, have that on your record and go to prison. If you can, you want to settle outside of court. That's just smart. That's just wise. That's what this means. 
Jesus said, if y'all were smart, you'd know what was going on and you'd settle before it's time to settle up. <gasps> the judge is going to bring down a verdict. Do you want to know what side you're on before it gets there or do you want to wait and see? That's this verse. Let me play it out for you. For all have sinned, all, and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us all is sinners. The wages of sin is death. What? If you sin, you die. Oh, okay, that sucks. Yes, it does suck. Or King James, sucketh. But the gift of God is life. Wait, hold on. There is a sucketh and there is a woohoo. Okay, okay. Give me a little more of this woohoo. Got it. Got it. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. I ain't got to die. You ain't got to die. When can I do this? You can do it now or you can say tomorrow or the next day or the next day. But if the judge comes before you do it, the verdict is over. It's time to settle out of court. Because you won't get out once you're in. And you know what you want to do? You want to say, I'm not as bad as that guy. I'm not as bad as that guy. I've got a little more time. What about those guys in the tower? When the tower fell down on them. You think that they just knew it was their time? You want to bring it home? We all woke up on September 11th. Thousands upon thousands of people went to work that day. Didn't none of them wake up that day going, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get saved this morning because an airplane's going to hit my workshop. Anybody? Anybody read those stories? I got to get me some saved this morning. Airplane about to hit my building. Time's up, time's up. Well, Jesus is righteous, but he's also just. And he has no, no, no option but to do what he says he will do. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. The end, game over. And if you think you're better than the guy next to you, you're one of the 18 in the temple, all with things wrong. Don't judge me because I sin differently than you. Unless you repent, you too will perish. We'll finish up here. One of the hardest teachings, one of the hardest growths, one of the hardest theological things for us to come down to in our small groups, in our men's groups, in our women's group, in our conversations, in our office times, in it, for 30 years. One of the hardest things that I've had to do is begin to work out my salvation with fear and trembling when it comes to evidence. 
What is the evidence? Okay? I'm saved. Okay. What's the evidence? I'm a fig tree. How do I know? But I'm a fig tree. I, I got it. How do I know? Well, Craig, you know there are people in the Bible who, you know, criminal on the cross, he, he got saved, didn't have time for no evidence. Yeah, I know. I know the story. And he was, I believe with all my heart, he's in heaven. What about the rich young ruler? Sees Jesus face to face. Has lived a great life. Hasn't done anything wrong as far as we know. And Jesus says, all you got to do is give up your money and follow me and it's all good. And at this, the man's face fell and he went away sad because he had great wealth. Yeah, he's got great wealth here. He's got nothing now as far as we know. Well, Craig, do you know he's in hell? I'm not the judge. I am not the judge. I don't know he's in hell, but everything says he ain't in heaven. I'll let you know when I get there. Well, what makes you deserve to get there? Nothing. I do not deserve to get there. There's nothing about me that deserves heaven. You see, on the day that I die, there will be somebody standing there going, hey, Dad, this one's with me. Hey, Dad, I'm bringing him in with me. That's it. No more, no less. I'm bringing him in with me. If you have a relationship with Jesus, you get in on Jesus. If you do not, you do not. The end. Neither height nor depth nor angels nor principalities nor powers, but nothing can separate you. The only thing that can separate you from Jesus is you. Because you will say, I don't need it, and you will die. Or maybe tomorrow, and you're just not smart. Jesus called it hypocrisy. You can read all the other signs. Why not this one? So don't get mad at me for saying that. Why put off until tomorrow what you can do today? I don't deserve, but I have. But when I have, this is for the rest. When I have, there is a call on my life to produce fruit. There are a few things that God asks of us and requires of us because we are His. Repent. Don't do the things that you used to do. Be baptized. Celebrate with me and because of me, because of what I did, so that others might know. And then bear witness to the faith that we have by giving, loving, serving. Because you can't outserve God, you can't outgive God, you can't outlove God. And if there are no evidence from the believers, there is no evidence at all. So you want to tell me you're a Christian? I am going to celebrate you, but I am also going to say, Where's the fruit? And trust me, there will come a day when there's no more time to bear. I'm glad we have a God who's standing there when the landowner says, cut it down and going, give me one more year. But remember, Jesus is requesting that one more year. There will come a day when the buildings fall, when the blood is shed, when the wars are raging here. But peace reigns where we were made for. I am an alien and a stranger to this world. This home is not my own. I am, my citizenship is in heaven. Is yours? 
come to Jesus. I don't preach hellfire and damnation. I don't preach get her done. I don't preach turn or burn. But I will preach the scripture. And today, here's what Jesus says. I will bring fire one day. My truth will divide you and you're just going to have to deal with it. But I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. So that you, you can either listen to the word, you can either listen to the signs, you can either step up to the plate, or you can just wait and see what happens. But I can tell you what happens just like the rain clouds bring rain and the desert wind brings heat. You know the signs. Read them. And when you have them, give them so that someone else might have them too. Let's pray. Hmm. The old Baptist in me is just rising up. All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily live. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, I have to ask today, is there anyone out there is there anybody in the congregation, child, wife, husband, mother, grandmother, with nobody looking around, please, everybody close your eyes and just, just say, is there anybody out there who wants to make sure today that they belong to Jesus? Is there anybody out there who wants to say, Craig, I don't know if I'm saved, but today I want to know if I'm saved. I want to know heaven's gates are open for me. I want Jesus. If you do, would you put your hand in the air right now and then pull it right back down? Just throw it up and pull it down so that I know. You and I can talk later. Anybody? I want Jesus. Hmm. Hmm. Anybody? Anywhere? Now, is there anybody who has Jesus but knows? They know full well. They know full well there are things they need to be doing. There are truths they need to be telling. There's obedience they need to be following. There's baptism they need to follow through with. There's tithing, there's serving, there's giving. There's fruit they need to bear. If you are a believer and you know full well there are fruit, there's fruit you need to bear and you're just plugging along on God's grace and waiting, would you just put your hand in the air right now? Craig, I can do more. I need to do more. I want to do more. I'm going to quit some to Jesus. I surrender. I would love to teach you how to serve. I would love to teach you how to grow. I would love to baptize you in the pool. I would love to celebrate your fruit. Please let me know. Before it's too late. God, I pray for your Holy Spirit to lead, guide, direct, convict. I pray that I can't get out of the baptismal pool. <laughs> I pray that I can't 
I don't have enough hours in the day to count the blessings that you pour out on us. I pray that the work is difficult here because so many people are taking on truth. And I pray that we stand on Your Word. In Jesus' name, and Amen.